0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Cody Rose kicked off raw this week. WWE was so excited about it, they told us all on social media beforehand, oh my gosh, Cody's gonna start the show. That's like me telling you, I'll definitely build ups and downs. We don't do that, because people would never tune in. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs, the wrestling review show that reviews wrestling. I wonder why I never got that marketing job. (laughs) Let's up those downs. Now, to be fair to the American Nightmare, for the last couple of weeks, he's been trying to come out here and explain everything about Jey Uso, but people kept interrupting. So now he was able to do it didn't really tell us anything. Because he just reminded us that, yes, he was the man responsible for bringing Jay from SmackDown to Raw, and that somebody still needs to go to SmackDown. (laughs) Everybody on Friday nights can't give a damn about this. I mean, it's been like a month, and nobody has moved the other way. Rhodes also disagree with this idea that we should let Uso sink now, because that's not who he is as a person, and he wants to see him fly. But also, maybe it does benefit him, because wink, wink, nudge, nudge we're not in the third inning anymore. So that is definitely him saying the thing, because in a recent interview, Paul Heyman was like, ha ha ha, you think Roman's about to lose the championship? Well, we're only in the third inning. And now Cody is hinting that maybe, just maybe we're closer to the end. And who the flub knows anymore. I mean, now The Rock is back in play. I can't keep up with it. Ow. Rhodes then also mentioned he was very happy that Jay didn't join the Judgment Day, because he had said the Judgment Day's name. They instantly came out, which means this was happening beforehand. I tell you boys, if he says our name, I'm gonna be so damn mad, and we're gonna go out there. Agreed. Yeah, I agree too. Oh, he said it, let's go. Finn Balor and Damian Priest were so sick of Cody as well, cause they are like, man, not everything is about you. And then Dominic Mysterio said some things, but I couldn't hear a word of it because all you could hear was boo. Cody then shot back because he was all like, man, to judgment day. You ain't even a real family. And let's take you the condom. You do know you do have a real family and they'll absolutely hate you. Rhodes also stirred the pot by going, hey guys, all your championships are on the line tonight. And I bet if Rhea Ripley returns and you've lost them all, she is going to be super duper pissed. <laughs> Dommy boy couldn't handle any of this. He was like, don't you talk about my mummy. which was a very weird sentence. It, of course, was all going to go bad for Cody because he had picked a fight against more people. But all of a sudden, Jey Uso just magically appeared in the ring. <laughs> but I faced I was like, bros, it's still three against two. Why can't you do wrestling now? Turned out they did have a plan because you know who showed up to help them. It was the natural disasters. If only it was earthquake and typhoon, that would have been brilliant. But it's still pretty damn good. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. JD McDonough then continued this escalation because he walked out and joined the Judgment Day. Damien Priest made sure to snarl in his direction when of course they all got into it. Dare I say it was a little bit of a tease for none other than war games. It went really bad for the villains too because Damien was left all alone. He got hit with every single finisher to the point I felt a little bit bad for him. So once again, you can see what happening here. We are drawing a line in the sand which gets me pretty excited about November. And I know these guys always tangle, but I'm not over it yet. I'm just so glad they are the focal point of Raw, giving it up. Which is when Raw peaked. Because as has been the way recently, we got another big men slapping man meat match. Now look, I don't want to move away from the flippy dippy doodah stuff either. But if we want to bring back wrestling hot bouts as well, I shall be one. Happy Bald Panda. It was also Otis versus Bronson Reed, so just sit down and watch it with a bag of pop think about Big E, because this was just two machines crashing in the middle of the ring. Reed also Samoan dropped Otis at one point, and it's okay because I did my research, and he is Samoan, when Otis came back with a damn back suplex and the caterpillar. And the fans absolutely loved this, as did I. I just want to give Otis a big hug. Certainly he missed his Vader bomb, which did leave the door open for punishments, and Bronson Reed hit that tsunami, and he got the 1-2-3. Honestly, I could never be mad about this. Just gonna sum it up for you again. Big man. Slapping man meat makes me happy. Also, it's a strange sentence once again. So that's two. It's getting a it lump. When some real random shib happened. We saw Tegan Knox in the back, who has been missing for so long, I thought she was gonna be on a damn milk carton, go up to Bicky Lynch and go, Oh, hi, Becky. I'd love to fight for that there title. Now Lynch was really pleased about this because when she had done the open challenge last week, she'd hoped somebody like Tegan Knox did arrive on the scene which actually, just to let you into a little bit of a scoop, was meant to be the plan until WWE changed it last minute. Now, thankfully, we did justify this because Tegan was like, well, you know, Natalia is a veteran, so I just thought I'd let her go to the ring. When Becky was all like, man, I'm going to light a fire under your ass because I want to challenge you and you want to challenge me. So go out there and win some matches and we can get into it. This continued instantly as well because Knox went and found Adam Pearce and said, I want an NXT title shot. When Natty walked in, went, yeah, well, screw you, I want a rematch. I was like, Natty, would you leave it for goodness sake? Now, she did win this war of words because she made a Jim Neidhart and wrestling with shadows reference because she dropped in the line, I'm going to get hungry and forget my manners. That made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum tum. And yep, we made this match for later. Before that, though, we got into some hard hitting stuff because it was Tommaso Champa versus Ludwig Kaiser this totally rocked too of course giovanni vinci was on the outside casting distraction but Tommaso didn't care about any of this he just saw him and thought well look if you're going to be a massive goober i'll knee you right in the face so he did for some reason though the referee was so damn worried about this he went and checked on the damn man so ludwig was like all right well i'm gonna take advantage But once again, Ciampa was like, look, you can keep doing this stuff to me, but I do not care, and I'm going to murk your face. I mean, he got so out of control, Kaiser went and yelled at Vinci. I was like, you absolute idiot. This is not going to work out well. So he turned around, Champa, need him right in the face. One, two, three. Just like that. Champa then spoke right into the camera because he told Gunther, man, you better sign that contract because I want to kick your ass. That's when we saw Gunther backstage absolutely losing his mind. But look, we'll get to the pay-per-view premium live event. We'll do Tommaso Ciampa versus Gunther. It will be absolutely terrific. And then Gunther will win. You know what? That's perfectly fine. As was this. Up. When, yeah, we got to Tegan Knox versus Natalia, And I was totally stunned. Now, Becky Lynch joined commentary too, so this is definitely a thing. But it only went like three minutes. But Tegan... Absolutely whooped her ass. Now, I'm hoping the plan was somebody said to Knox, oh man, we're going to push you to the moon. And that's why it didn't get a long time. Otherwise, what other flub are we doing? Just let them cook. Otherwise, though, she stopped the sharpshooter. She hit the world's shiniest wizard. And yeah, she got the one, two, three. So now I guess she's going to get a title shot. Lynch sold this hard on commentary too as well. So this does feel like the real deal. So I'm going to be very cautious with this because we know how quickly a push can end. But yeah, I'm going to give it an up. Look how easy it was to reset someone. Almost like it doesn't really take that much thinking. When Damien Priest wasn't happy. I mean, is he ever? He stormed into the Judgment Day locker room and just started throwing chairs around like this was normal behaviour before he totally flipped out at JD McDonut. because he is never going to join this group, even if he buys them all lovely Christmas presents. McDonald then left because what else was he going to do? And the condom and Finn Battle, like, oh man, he really mad right now. I don't know what to do. So I would imagine this is just planting seeds for the day that Damien Priest is kicked out of the Day of Judgment. Man, that's going to be interesting. Because he should successfully cash in his money in the bank. Watch this space. Seth Rollins was out here next. And kind of very handily, it tied into the second hour of Raw beginning. Almost like somebody told him. Red was the chosen color of the day as well because he couldn't be wearing any more of it. And he wanted to play a game. He was like, listen, fans, please sing my song if you think Shinsuke Nakamura is a massive goober. So everybody sang his song. And then he said, continue singing if you think we should have a championship match. Once again, everybody kept singing. And I think that made it official. Hilariously Rollins then said the games are over. And I was like, Seth, you just played the biggest game of this feud so far. But he told Shinsuke, listen, you either answer this challenge right now or it's off, it's done, and you're never gonna get another opportunity again. So that is also a game, because that is playing with somebody's emotions, when Nakamura appeared on the big screen. And it was another one of these subtitled videos that he just spits fire in Japanese. And I know I get it. Everyone's like, oh, why didn't we do this ages ago? Well, it goes back to the proverb. The best time to do something is 10 years ago or right now. You know the deal too. Shinsuke's big old plan is to finally be the straw that break the camel's back. Sounds like a doubles insult because not only is he insinuating that he is going to break Rollins' back, but he also called him a camel. Nakamura also wants Rollins in a match so brutal. <laughs> that his daughter can never look at him in the same way again and that his family will be totally ashamed. I'm like, man, Shinsuke, you are the best. It also means a payback, he wants this to be last man standing. And I thought about it and I was like, oh my gosh, yes. If we actually allow them to go at it, this could be absolutely brilliant. Rollins then snapped back that his injury isn't a weakness and it is a strength and he knows that as long as he gives 100%, his family is proud of him. That's why I just started laughing because it means if he does phone it in on just one occasion, his family will be like, man, we are totally ashamed of you. He then promised to be the only guy walking out of that pay-per-view premium live event because he's going to floor Shinsuke Nakamura. Once again, this feud is just excellent. And really, Shinsuke should win the World Heavyweight Championship when I search my feelings. Do I think he will? No, but still, Ricochet was then here after this, and now the dude is on crutches. Sheesh. Jackie Redman was doing the interviewing as well and she was like, oh my gosh, Rick, when do you think you'll be back in the ring? He must have totally misunderstood the question because he said he will come back, but he never gave us a date. The point though was to underline that he does have unfinished business with Shinsuke Nakamura. And I got stupid excited because I was like, oh my gosh, Nakamura can win the title and this can be his first defense. That won't happen, but we'll still get to this program, but the championship won't be involved. But still, that will be pretty good because both these guys are really good. That was the most least creative thing I've ever said in my life. This is where Michael Cole reminded us that Rhea Ripley is still out of the game because Nia Jack kicked her ass, which also tied into the fact that it was Dominic Mysterio versus Dragon Lee for the NXT North American title. And my word, this totally ruled. I also love Dragon Lee, cause man, he took advantage and he maximized his minutes. He knew this was basically gonna be the biggest crowd he's probably ever fought in front of. So he just went totally crazy. And if this doesn't serve him well, well, what else do you want the masked man to do? He also smashed out a dive instantly, so I was like, thank you, Dragon Lee, from saving us from an alien attack. And the only way the condom was able to get back into this was by essentially tying his mask to the rope because he's a massive dickhead. Lee was still able to get his knees up when Dommy Boy went for the frog splash. This is when he totally fired up because he was just kneeing people in the face. Dropkick German suplex. He too was cooking. He also hit this insane Hurricane Runner to the outside, and when he slammed Dom with the bomb of power. I'm just gonna be honest, I bet on it a little bit. One, two, ooh. The crowd was so into it by this stage as well, because both of these guys had done so well. When, of course, Mysterio decided, well, I know how I can turn the tide, and he basically crotch Dragon Lee right in the penis because his balls went into the rope. That's when he busted out the splash of the frogs for the one, two, three, but I tell you, this was such a damn good match. And not only did it raise the stock of Dragon Lee, but Dom continues to just, well, elevate himself too. So once again, this all tied into what I thought was a fabulous raw, giving it an up. Jackie was then back interviewing Kevin Owens.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim?
1: and Sami Zayn because they are going to be in the main event going after the tag titles. Kev was like, listen, I don't want to talk about Jay Uso anymore. I think he's a massive piece of trash. Sammy I then mean, they went all emotional because he was like, well, I do love Jay Uso, but Kev is right. It's nothing about him. And this is all about two friends rising up to the top, main eventing WrestleMania and winning those championships. So yeah, we need them back. Kevin then got bored of talking and he just stormed off because he wanted to punch some people in their stupid faces. And once again, it's just... Some kind of a tease here that maybe Kevin will turn heel. I mean, it's complete speculation on my end. But give it a sniff and I can smell something. What? When Nia Jax walked to the ring, because she had some explaining to do. Michael Cole was on interview duties as well. And Nia just completely mugged him off because she was like, man, I didn't listen to what you were saying. When she called herself the baddest human in all of wwe that makes absolutely no sense because it insinuates that there are some non-humans in wwe that are badder but also badder that's the worst word ever the real point though is that everybody was going on about rhea ripley being the real squash queen but now naya squashed her she squashed zoe starks she squashed shayna baszler she squashed piper livin and she squashed chelsea green and yeah that's a lot of squashing somebody was always going to interrupt because naya really wasn't saying anything here And kind of interestingly, it was Zoe Starks. Honestly, she is so damn good right now. She got in right in Jax's face and was like, oh, man, you want to squash me? Well, why don't you try and squash me again? So Jax just floored her. I was like, Zoe, that didn't go well at all. It did trigger a big old brawl as the officials tried to break it up. And I was like, I have no idea who was meant to be the heel or face here. when all of a sudden, this match got made official. What? What really made no sense is that while they did have some good spots in here, especially with Starks kind of throwing Nia Jax around... Essentially, eventually she got too heavy, so Nia hit the Annihilator. I only worked out this morning, the Annihilator, and she got the three. So she kind of beat Zoe Starks clean, and I don't understand that at all. Especially after all the Tristrat stuff, I thought Zarks was about to fly. I do have to admit, I actually quite like how we're using Nia Jax at the moment. She does come across like a force. I just don't think she should be beating people like Zoe Starks. So it kind of puts me in a weird position both figuratively and now literally, because I've stuck my arms out for an obscene amount of time, but I am going to give it a down. Again, I do like what we're doing with Naya. This just don't feel like the way. Byron Saxton was then here with the big questions, because he found Jay Usam was like, Vi, did you say no to the judgment day? His answer was nice and simple too. Well, he didn't want to join them, so he just said no. Makes sense. Jay also admitted that he does have beef with Kevin Owens, but his dog is Sami Zayn. So there it is again. What did I tell you? Teasing. Due to that as well, he promised that he will be watching the main event because he wants to take care of Sam. And all I want to say is this. You can say what you like about the bloodline, but it has turned Jay Uso into a proper main eventer. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. We then finally got some love with the Judgment Day, because Finn Balor found Dominic Mysterio. I was like, yeah, good luck, man. You absolutely did really well in your title match. But don't forget, there's still work to do, because they're going to be in the main event. Before that, though, it was time for Miss TV. There's always Miss TV. His guest this week, though, was Drew McIntyre. So you know the deal. We continue to tease the Drew heel turn. And I think everybody involved in this is doing it brilliantly. Miz even agreed that he would have done the same thing that Drew had done last week when he left Jay Uso to be beaten up by the Wolves. McIntyre's I like, don't. You compare me to you, Miz. I'm nothing like you. You're a piece of trash. He then continued to stir the pot, too, because he's like, man, do you remember Clash at the Castle when you were about to become the Universal Champion? I mean, I know it was a Koa that properly screwed you over, but the Usos did, too. So now I'm just going to push your buttons. Drew once again underlined that this was karma, and karma is a bitch as he just continued to get madder and madder. When Miz was all like, oh man, Cody Rhodes is doing better with you. So once again, we planted those seeds. And just as the Scottish warrior was about to absolutely explode, here came the new day. Huh. And Kelsey Kingston was genuinely taken aback about how awful Drew McIntyre has been recently, whereas Xavier Woods just wanted to make penis jokes. He said, hey, you used to be the big D, but now there's some shrinkage. Just love these two so much. McIntyre was still annoyed, though, because he was like, why does everybody expect me to always save the day? And what are you two going on about? You were backstage as well, and you didn't help Jay Uso, and the only reason Cody Rhodes did is because it's his mess, and now he's got to clean it up. He ain't wrong. Drew then reminded The New Day that the bloodline had also screwed them out of so many opportunities, and Kofi was like, yeah, I know, I have a brain, but I also like to see the best in people, and once again, everybody deserves a second chance. What a baby face. Kingston also played the guilt card here, because he was like, I know they're still good in you, Drew. Please don't be lost to the dark side. And because kept interrupting, Drew just head him <laughs> and made me juggle. This was also leading to Covey versus McIntyre, which was going to be an excellent match. But before we got there, I thought this was the best Miz TV in ages, because seriously, everything we're doing with Drew McIntyre, even though Matt Riddle has been released, is so damn good. I totally believe it. And he is actually telling the truth, as we've already talked about. He's just doing it in a heelish way. a prize, surprise, surprise, this is going to rule. Let's getting it out. Prior to this match, though, we did cut back to the Alpha Academy. Of course, Otis was a little bit of a sad Sally. Chad Gable and Maxine Dupree was trying to comfort him and saying, look, we can watch the tape and you can learn from it, which was a wonderful metaphor for life when the Kaiser just walked in and was like, ha, 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 you're an absolute embarrassment. Maxine also made me laugh because she didn't mince her words and basically said, why don't you go away when Chad Gable got all fired up again and said, listen, you go back to the ring, General, and you tell him, I'm coming for his intercontinental title by hook or by crook, which is what we should do. Because if he does climb back up the ladder and win that belt, my word, it'll rule. This is when we went back to the ring and Drew McIntyre did defeat Kofi Kingston. But my word, it was brilliant too. It also made sense in terms of where we're going with McIntyre. And it's time to have the conversation when it comes to Kofi Kingston. Because he debuted in 2008. Which means you can go to some point in the last three decades and find him absolutely kicking ass. As far as I'm concerned, he is now in the GOAT conversation. I mean, he never has a bad match. The only strange part is that he was in control before commercial. And when we cut back, Drew McIntyre had taken over. We're just going to have to make it up for ourselves. So I like to think the McIntyre just stopped Kofi at one point and was like, during that time you used to have a Jamaican accent, what was going on there? Kofi was like, man, I've explained this a hundred times, which is when Drew punched him. That'll do. He followed up with some overhead suplexes and a neck breaker because he wanted to break his neck when Kofi, of all the things, came back with a famouser. Given what happened to Dolph Ziggler recently... Well, I don't think that was an accident. McIntyre then avoided the trouble in paradise and hit the DDT for a great one 2 Ooh! This is when Kingston was able to come back with a dive. I was like, oh, man, thank goodness for that, Kofi. I could fear the aliens closing in. It was also a huge mistake, though, because they were on the outside. And McIntyre Alabama slammed him right into the ring apron. Wait, but the ring apron? Hang on. All right, so we're back again to make another ring apron skit, are we? Yes, that's right. What do you want to do? Well, I don't know. Have you ever been thrown into the ring apron? Of course not. I'm a giraffe. Yep. That's a good point. Kobe then dodged a claymore and went right into the SOS. And this is when it was getting so good. When WWE went WWE. I mean, they are WWE. And I do totally get it, even though it made no sense. Because Ivar decided, well, about 10 minutes of this match has passed. It's only now I will interfere. So he walked out with Valhalla. And man, they totally destroyed Xavier Woods. They kept throwing him into Barry Barricade which is why come this Thursday in Ups and Downs, we will be doing the funeral for Barry, complete with some very special guests. Of course, Kofi couldn't handle his mate being beaten up on the outside, so he totally forgot he was in a match. When he turned around, he got Claymore kicked right in the head, and he got the 1-2-3. And the most interesting point is this is the second time McIntyre has won this way. I think he knows. They carried this on because Valhalla and Ivar absolutely wrecked Kofi in the ring, but this time, Drew stormed off, and he never even looked back to check. I cannot wait until we go full-blown with this film turn. Everything here is so, 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 so good. I'm giving it an nap. It's not going so well for Giovanni Vinci, though, because then we cut to him, and, man, Gunther was shouting at him like he was some kind of naughty child. When I mean, you think he would have stolen his last roller or something. When Ludwig Kaiser tried to get involved, Gunther was like, no, I hate you too. You're both to blame. And Ludwig was like, no, no, no. He's worse than I am. So he was basically throwing his mate under the bus. Gunther didn't care for any of this though. So he was like, right, now you're in charge of him and he's in charge of you. So if you flub up, he flubs up. And also, I'm going to take on Tommaso Champa, but I don't need either of you. I'm going to do it by myself. This is why Gunther is so damn good because he is a heel, but he can talk like this. You're like, probably will. He has also become the dad. But yes, this was basically setting the scene for Tommaso versus Gunther. I just love it. Can you believe there was a time When people like Gunther could never make it on the main roster, what flubbing world were you living in? Michael Cole then set up the main event by saying it was the Judgment Day, taking on Kevin Owens and Sammy Owens. Bless Wade Barrett. He would not let this go at all. He kept winding Michael Cole up, and it genuinely made me laugh. But when it came to this match, once again it it, rocked. Now, you knew what was going to happen because one, it did make sense, but also two, as we already touched upon, WWE does have to go WWE. So after they had whooped each other's ass for a while, the entire locker room did open. My word, the ending to this Raw. Zane also hit this dive, so thank you once again for keeping us safe when Kevin Owens came off with his frog splash for a great one 2 ooh! And then we reversed it too, because Finn Balor hit the Coupe de gras, and Sami Zayn broke that up at the last second. Now, I never actually believed that Owens and Zayn were going to retain the titles here, but this is why everyone is doing such good work because I love them and I have such strong feelings for them. I believed every near fall, even though I know that made me a massive idiot. I went the condom started being an asshole because he was on the outside, so he was casting distraction. But this is when the domino effect happened, because first Jey Uso came out to stop Dom, so then JD McDonut was here, because he wanted to stop Jay, when all of a sudden Cody arrived and he just ran in the ring before he threw himself out and did a massive dive. I mean, it was so over the top, it's like making a breakfast, but running around in the garden first going, oh, I'm going to make some food. And it was so silly, it was kind of like comedy, but I can't lie, I loved it. This is also when back in the match, Owens hit the stunner and Zayn hit the Aluva kick on Damian Priest, and just as they were about to win the titles, J.M. McDonough popped up behind the referee's back and he hit Sam in the head with the tag team title belt. and Damien got the pin. Damn it! Now the interesting part of this is that Damien Priest did pick the bones, even though it was J.D. McDonough. And earlier he was super duper mad at him, but here he was happy for the advantage. I cannot stress how chaotic the end of this match was though. Even Michael Cole was like, oh my god, it's a train wreck. As was the fallout, because everybody started attacking everybody else. I mean, it was basically impossible to keep up with. It did end with Kevin smashing Dom of all people with the stunner. But once again, what we've done here is set up two teams that can go at it in war games. And I just thought this was a superb Raw. Seriously, everybody brought it. Even some of the downs we've thrown in there. Did they make any difference? No, I don't think so at all. So not only am I giving the main event an up, but overall, Raw is definitely getting it up. Now, of course, please <laughs> do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about Monday's show. And look at this. It's a lovely video somewhere for AEW collision ups and downs. If you could, I'd love it to click the thing. <laughs> it's gibberish. Just take it, damn it. And see what happens. Just have a terrific day. So says I, Simon Miller. The Bored A-Hole. Take care. See you What tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that. Because this week there's about 18 hours of WW and AT content. I am definitely going to die.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim?